In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. I just want to give a shout out before the show starts to all the sponsors, all the local businesses that have been coming through to help us out and get this thing started. Thank you to you guys. Total Truck Accessory Center. Go check them out at 7700 Homer Drive. They're your one-stop shop for canopies, spray-in bed liners, LED light bars, and more. Total Truck. TheTreehouseAK.com. Located at 341 Boniface Parkway. They're your all-in-one cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bartender today what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. Lawn Pro AK, your year-round professional property maintenance. Cutting lawns but not cutting quality. Hit them up at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th handcrafted Alaskan made cider. They also got a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Check them out, doubleshovelcider.com. Anchortown Dogs, located across from the 4th Avenue Theater in front of the historical building. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. Get yourself a legit reindeer dog. Tailored Restoration, helping Alaskans restore their dreams. Voted number one in the state since 1972. Water restoration, fire restoration, remodeling, cleaning, anything that you have to do with your home, inside and outside, give those guys a call or check out tailoredrestoration.com. It's a tradition now. Yeah. The old caribou call. Every time. Every time. You got to call in those boo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How we doing, Jackie? Mm-hmm. I'm doing good. I'm really liking this koozie you have here. Yeah. Yeah, you got some cool stuff. I, so Check this is, this tree here, that doesn't look like a regular tree. Yeah, it's more of a, like a weed yeah, or a plant. It's a plant. Yeah. Do you say right. weed or wheat? Uh, weed. It's it's like a weed. Weed. You know, like, oh, weeds, like a weed. Like weeds in your grass. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Enjoy the tree. <clears throat> I, I want to ask people if they can pinpoint what that is. I put it, I wanted to put that on and then lift it up people. a little bit so people can see it in the camera, maybe. That yeah, I've never actually seen that, that logo there. Is that some sort of, let me turn that towards me. Looks like a caveman Yeti guy. Pretty close. Caveman Yeti guy. Yeah, sort I don't of know. Close. Oh, what's that? Uh, Captain Caveman? Little uh, Hanna Barbera. Caveman Coffee? No, um, I, I don't know for sure. What it is? I oh, so my, you're quizzing us and you don't know the answer. Well, no, I, I went to the shop and I they had all these really cool like stickers of you know like uh, Marvel heroes and um, old actors and actresses and and logos and just like really cool nostalgic stuff. And what I figured it out is that it's a uh, Planet of the Apes. It's um, who's the leader? Oh, uh, jo- uh, Caesar. Caesar. Pretty oh. sure that's Caesar from the OG original seventies. Mm, gotcha. Is it the 70s when those movies were made? The first the first the, the, the first ones the 70s, I think were way back then. Early seventies? Yeah. I, I mean yeah, Wasn't it, it Charleston and Heston? I think so. Yeah, I think so I think that is I think that was. Sixties yeah. maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Those yeah. movies now are pretty badass. I mean the way oh, they the can, new new ones? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like those. Yeah. They've I come a long way. I have a hard time watching those and then going in the woods. 
lie. Better watch your six, dude. There is actually a few things that we're pretty lucky up here to not have, you know, mountain lions rolling around, crazy snakes, gorillas, snakes, big mountains. spiders. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm a little girl in the winter where there's snakes and bugs in the jungle. Like, ugh. yeah, it's funny. Like people think. You come to Alaska and there's like a bear around every corner. Well, in some areas there are. You go to the Russian, you go somewhere, it's pretty infested. But you go to some spots where there is no real major danger of a predator, but there's a snake or a bug or something that'll bite you and you're dead in 30 minutes. Yeah. And so it's like Alaska is dangerous, has its danger and its hazards, but we got it pretty good compared to where... Some folks are scorpions. Yeah. And My kids are into watching that Naked and Afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, geez. I was like, do they ever do one where there's not these bugs and, and snakes? I guess there was one that was up in the cold. And I was like, that I could I could do that one. You get snagged on a lot of things there. Yeah. Yeah. What Now, one of our ex-guesses is a finalist for getting on that show. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. We won't name names until they actually get on it, but. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Oh, yeah. So, wow. Oh, good to yeah, hear. The producer well, hit, them up, hear I think, on, hit them up on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, they must be doing cool shit. That's yeah, awesome. Totally. And they're cool with getting naked on TV? I don't think I mean, that that they're cool with that, but they'll they'll do it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they're at least trying it out. That's got to be part of the tryout, right? Let's go ahead and take your clothes off. Yeah. Where's the comfort <laughs> level with that? <laughs> Run through that way, <laughs> that sagebrush. How's that feel? Do you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, you're off the list. Yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, bears around every corner, I oh. I read a funny or interesting factoid. Do you know how many bears there are? The bear to people ratio in Alaska. Oh man, Jack and his this isn't a trivia segment, but man, he's coming comes in with some good shit. So for every, oh man, for bears in Alaska to people, it's got to be two to one. Two to one, maybe. I was going to say five to one. That might be a little bit crazy, but five bears to every person. Yeah. Yeah, because there. Oh well, that'd be a lot of bears. Well, Well, hold on. That sounds ridiculous. I think. Well, what's our population at now? Uh, 400? No, bro. Uh, That's 850 or something. Oh, okay. okay. I'm thinking Anchorage. Fluctuates between like seven to like 900,000, just, you know. Yeah. Maybe 0.5 to everyone. It's like with the oil. Okay. We're now less than oil. What was I thinking with that? That's. You're going to be like, what is this idiot talking about? Yeah, we haven't shown ourselves to be the brightest. No, uh, <laughs> lifelong Alaskans don't know shit about Alaska. But. You, you just didn't, you go memorize the stuff you got and do the cool shit instead. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, memorize where the secret spot is, not. Yeah. There's enough to think about called. and try to remember when you're out doing this stuff than the factoids. That's true. So, what's the answer? Well, what, did we get some guesses? Or oh, no? I, I said two to I mean, one. I'm, two to one. I said five to one. Which five is to one. Ridiculous. It's one to 21. So, one bear for every 21. One to 21. That sounds more like it. That's a lot, though. That is a lot. A lot of bears. Don't be scared to all our uh, down Florida listeners. And I wonder how they come up with that number. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of them are, are tracked and chipped, and there's aerial counts you can do in some areas, I would think. No, well, like they, they what they do, um, 
I know they do it in Montana and places like that, and I'm assuming they do the same strategy here. Is they'll put up uh, they'll put up lines across that'll capture hair, mm. like a sort of like a sticky little line that they put out in great areas, and it'll capture hair, and then they'll come back and they'll come and capture that. They'll grab that Collect hair, it. and then they'll they'll take the hair, and they'll be able to analyze like, okay, we have 27 different bears in this area, in this area, mm. and I'm assuming idea. they probably do. Per however many square miles, there's this many here on average. Because how could you do every? You can't do the whole state. I mean, no. you're gonna no. have to take. You're gonna have to do some math and do some averages and things like that. I would assume. Yeah, and mixed in with these aerial ones and whatever. Yeah, else. yeah. Well, it's not like the caribou one where they actually go and take the pictures and then they're paying people to sit there and count count them, count the pictures. You know, mm-hmm. count how many there are. But bears aren't. They're a little bit more sneaky, yeah, yeah. More hidden. Well, and how much wilderness, you know, if you're a pilot, you fly over and you don't see nothing because yeah. Oh, yeah. the critters are down in the forest Yeah, for endless miles, bazillions of acres. You know, there's lots of wildlife in there. You just yeah. don't see it. Yeah, Alaska has a really low population density in general Yeah, yeah. For, for wildlife. I was surprised, though. I thought it would have been closer to, like, one-to-one or two-to-one, mm-hmm. you know, maybe five-to-one, but that, not as low as that. Yeah. You know, so we only have 200,000 bears. Is that, no, that would be 20,000 bears. So yeah, huh. there's more than that. No, no. That's what wow. it said. Yeah, that's what the Internet told us. Yeah, they, they, that did come off <laughs> the Internet. It doesn't lie. <laughs> it's all truth on the Internet. Yeah. I guess well, speaking so. about the bear stuff, I I feel like it, we're in a real transition um, at the time of this recording of of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as as I was in the garage and looking at all the ice fishing stuff, um, you know, it was like, well, it might be almost close time to clean that up and and gear up. And I had the boys shovel off the trailer because we're getting ready to go four wheeling, and it's it's I feel the transitions in the air. You guys agree? Oh yeah. Yeah. It is. It saddens me. I have all that ice fishing gear. I I had a lot accumulated over the years, and I got it all out this year. Then I got the auger, and I got a few more items because now I'm taking the whole family out. So I got that giant, you know, otter sled packed, and I don't want to put it away. I'm like, man, I just got it all set up in the last few months, and I'm like, well, I don't. Where am I going to get out again? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's I mean, it's 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 cutting close. Yeah, um, and especially the way the weather's been going. Um, so it's it's we're in. I feel like we're in full transition. I don't I don't necessarily think we are. I think we probably still can get out and do some ice oh, fishing yeah. up north and yeah. and things like that. And around town, our guest, our special guest, will be able to uh, give well, us some more info yeah, on that. Elaborate on that. But I do feel the transition, and even the boys are can't wait for the for the snow to melt in the, in the street so they can get their bikes out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, my son was like, I can't wait to go, you know, fly fishing. I'm ready to go on the Kenai. Yeah. And he's asking me when the Kings are coming in and Ship Creek and yep. and all this stuff. So he's... He's thinking forward. He's like, yeah, he's, yeah feeling, he's feeling ready to go, you mm-hmm. know. And, it, and if, if a 10-year-old's feeling that way, you know, I'm ready to go full summer blast mode as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's kind of a cue that we need to start hiking these peaks. So we were ready for backpack season. Ooh. It's the cue that you just time to get some of this weight off. 
<laughs> Still a little quarantine thick, boys. Still packing a few extra pounds. <laughs> yeah, rather it in the backpack than in the gut. Oh man, yeah. It's time to. It's usually the transition, though. I usually cut down come summertime. I think it's gonna be a little harder this time. This winter was a little harder for me. I come that around uh, the holidays, man. I was just beer drinking, down. cake eating. I was going down, dude. You're <laughs> gonna be rocking the dad bod all summer. Oh, it needs to go. Well, it's always gonna be there. I'm almost forty, so it's like yeah. the shit don't carve off like it used to. But yeah, this year's gonna be extra. But D- dad bods are in though. Is the is the word I'm that's getting? What I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So I definitely have that going for me. I, I, I am I am sad though. I I had more ambitions and plans to do some more ice fishing trips, to explore and hit a few more of the lakes, and I felt like I had all the time in the world and weekends after weekends to do it. And it just it's starting to. You, you start know, getting those spring projects. Yeah, you do it's like I don't even clean know. Up the garage yeah. And, Get the four-wheeler so, tuned up mm-hmm. and the raft blown up. and Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't think it's over yet, though. I nah. think I think we still got some time to get out there. and Yeah, if you, especially if you want to go north. Or We talked, you know, last time about Lake Louise. And, you know, if you're snow machine riding in, the crosswinds, Lake Louise, Tyone, Susitna, if you go up north, the Fairbanks, Harding, Birch, all those, you know, popular ice fishing lakes, you can fish those for probably mm-hmm. another two to three weeks before the stuff starts melting and overflowing real bad. And so, I mean, I'm sure guys up there would be like, shit, I'm, I'm still fishing for the next month. Yeah. You know, but you got to make a transition because there's a lot of prep. You know, if you're avid in the Alaskan, you know, playground, you, you got to start getting your boat out and start getting into the shop and get a service or service it yourself, get your wheelers out you start prepping so that when it that weekend comes or that trip comes, you got it ready. You're not that last minute yeah. digging it out. Oh, my battery's dead. Yeah. You know, and oil changed, and you want to start doing it now. So you're ready to go. So you're come ready that to weekend. go because it comes fast. Yeah. And yeah. so it's good to have that mindset, but it's hard to want to put that fishing gear away for sure. Yeah, it's not all the way away. It's still there. Oh, so yeah. every time I walk in the garage, I look at it. And mm-hmm. say, I'm thinking one more trip. We squeeze in Finger Lake or just something just to, you know, before we close it up for the year. I don't know when it's going to happen, but. Yeah. And, and, and all that good gear you bought and we bought this year, Mm -hmm. it's not going bad. Oh no. It'll it'll be there next year. I got a spot for it. It'll be ready to go. Mm -hmm. It's always a sad day when you put away your fun gear, but then usually by the end of that day, I'm like, it's going to be an awesome day when I see that again. Yeah. And it kind of just saves it for me. Yeah, or you're transitioning into something else fun. Yeah. And that's what it'll be. Yeah. You know, getting the, the the king rods out and everything. Of course, I don't know what that holds for this year. I haven't really paid attention too much to the projection for that kind of stuff. I mean, you're doing your... Yeah, we're doing that right now. We're, we we pulled the boat out this week, uh, getting the batteries charged up, getting it all cleaned up. We'll finish our maintenance, and then uh, we'll be running down... In ten days to the der- in the derby down mm. there in Homer, mm-hmm. so all all that's kind of happening. Tra- that transition's happening yeah. for us right now, prepping for the Kings. Yeah, that's fun. Let's see what our well guest has to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the guest, um, today we have uh, someone we've been wanting to get in here for a little bit. Uh, this man is a father. 
He is a U.S. Army veteran. He is a Bronze Star awarded and Purple Heart recipient. Served in the Airborne Scout from 1998 to 2011. He is a Indiana boy who now, I believe, has gone full Alaskan. Mm. He is the owner of the Bait Shack downtown on Ship Creek. And he is also in charge and, I would say, owner of the Slammin' Salmon Derby, Mm. as well as the Jewel Lake Ice Jamboree, I want to say it's called. So we want to welcome Dustin Slinker from the Bait Shack. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me in tonight. This is awesome. Welcome, yeah. Dustin. That shack life, huh, Dustin? That is. It's that shack life. The way, the way you sound <laughs> up there, you made me sound like a stud, but, uh, <laughs> you know, pretty pretty impressive. But, uh, no, great to be here. Everything what you said is pretty, pretty accurate right there. Indiana, born and raised. What part of Indiana? Uh, there in central Indiana, Lafayette. Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Right there on the on the Wabash River. So I grew up with the rivers and the lakes, fishing. Um, but as you as you noted, I'm full Alaskan now. I've been yeah. up here since 2005, and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, wife's family's from Fort Wayne, okay. Indiana. So I know all you Indiana folks kind of keep it tight. Yep, yeah, up there. They're up on the St. Joseph River and... Yeah. You ever go back there to go fishing? I haven't. I've I've actually um, been asked to go back to a couple reunions, but I, honestly, I didn't know there was much fishing going on. Uh, now that there is, maybe me and my son can uh, line that up. Oh man, what are you hammering out there? Steelhead. Oh yeah, oh. Man, right down the St. Joseph River. Yeah, yeah. Nice. damn. You can get all that from the Great Lakes, uh, Scamanias. But I mean, they get they get king runs, coho runs, big browns. Nice. Oh, people don't think of that, huh? That never even crossed oh, my those, mind. Those Great Lakes have all that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And they come down into the tributaries, the uh, yeah St. Joseph River down there, the Calumet. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a fun little creek back there. I used to fish as a kid going up there, Michigan City, Trail Creek. It's about the size of Chester Creek. <laughs> but yeah, okay. uh, you, you'll catch 36-inch steelhead in there. Oh, man, like, that's cool. You know, and and they, those guys back there today are fishing center pin rods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. 13-foot you know, rod on a, on a creek, you can jump to the other side. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it makes for fun fights down there. <laughs> you got to back up about 10 feet. Just yeah, so. you hold it sideways <laughs> and have all kinds of room around you. <laughs> so uh, Brown's in there, huh? Do you do any hex fishing? Uh, no. So that's... A lot, of, a lot of the trout stuff is after my time from being back there, or uh-huh. it was oh. just coming in as I was going into the military. Um, They're stocking walleyes, some some other species down in that area. Yeah. Now, in my hometown back there, they stock rainbow trout, and they got the, the tailwaters down to the south where they put browns in. Yeah. You know, as we were discussing kind of beforehand, you know, with the fishing and stuff getting popular with the universities, high schools. You know, if that stuff was there when I was a kid, that might have changed my my trajectory even further you know because yeah. that's that's some good fishing back there now yeah yeah that's wild have you done the hex no yeah. no well, the hex is pretty insane what's what's the hex? There are these yeah. i forget what kind of fly you are you familiar with it, what i'm talking about somewhat yeah i forget what kind of fly it is but it's a it's a really big fly I'm, i want to say it's like two two and a half or three inches long and they they lay their eggs in these sandy banks underwater um and then under the right humidity and the right temperature, all of them hatch at once at night. And the guys that are really good, the fishermen, fisher people that are really 
you know, adequate and good at this, knowledgeable about the hex, they'll know when to go. Mm. So I've gone back with our friend Jeff Kenzie back to Michigan and done this hex fishing. So you kind of get yourself set up right before dark. And then the big old browns are coming out of Lake Michigan. And, and then some of them are living in the river, whatever river you're fishing. And then uh, suddenly you'll just start hearing them come out. The nymphs come out of the water and start flying. Mm-hmm. And so then you're blind casting in the dark. And then you just kind of hear this. <laughs> And that's when you set the hook. So you're fishing in the dark, no headlights, yeah. no headlamps, anything. It's it's super cool. You oh, fish, they fish like on that on Sabo like that, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, that's where I was fishing. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so cool. 2005 or six, you were stationed up in Alaska and Elmendorf. That's right. Came up here. It was uh, Fort Richardson. Uh, came up here from Texas, and they were just standing up the fourth brigade of the 25th Infantry, the Airborne. And he came up here, uh, did the whole ramp up, standing that brigade up. I was already airborne qualified, so it was a perfect fit to send me up. Went right over, right back over uh, to the Middle East, 2006. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it was a fast transition to get that brigade up and going. Uh, was there through 2011. Finally said, enough's enough. All I ever wanted to do in the Army was three years, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer, and I've always lived by you know, when you stop having fun, it's time to move on. Yep. And uh, three years turned into, you know, 12 years, eight months later. And uh, it was just time for me. You know, I knew it was time to time to go. And I was actually getting out before that, at year nine. But I got promoted to Sergeant First Class E7, which is a pretty good, you know, move in rank. And, and so, I, so I struck a deal to kind of stay in while the brigade went to Afghanistan the first time in 2010 and then that kind of wrapped up they were coming back I stumbled onto the bait shack and I said you know it's time to go oh so that's what uh, really pulled you out of there um I mean besides just being done yeah I mean it was kind of my dream right you know I was kind of digging the army and to to retire from the army move to Florida and open up a, a bait shop down on the pier, you know, and just watching fish. That was kind of like my my end state. And then it was kind of like, you know, I, I really bought, I jokingly say, I kind of bought the bait shack on a bet with my wife. We, we were talking over dinner like, hey, what happened to that old business down there? He used uh-huh. to be, he used to be called like Riverside Adventures. And it sat boarded up. It was there, I think, open in 2006. And it closed, I think, 2007. And then 2010, her and I having dinner, I kind of made this bet. Like, I think that's a real building, like a hard stand structure. And she's like, no, they wouldn't allow it. Well, let's bet dinner. And we went down and looked at it. She goes, I told you. And I said, look, they got a for sale sign. <laughs> you know, a little history there. I used to have my hot dog stand outside of the Ulu factory that's okay. right there. Oh, yeah. And I remember that the, the company that was there before, and then I remember it was shut down for a long time. And, uh, a, uh, a funny little story. I was I had moved now to Fourth Avenue years later, and uh, I had a someone approach me. I don't know if it's one of your buddies. Um, I don't remember his name. He was in the oil field and he had retired, and he had come and he would eat my hot dogs while he's uh, sitting at the uh, what's that old little bar there on G Street? Uh, uh, right next to the pizza spot. Oh, Darwin's. Darwin's. He's sitting. Oh. He was a big time Darwin's and Darwin's. I have a deal with those ladies. They come and anyone can come eat a hot dog and they can bring it in, into Darwin's and eat it. And he came and approached me about the bait shack. And he said, well, we're looking for someone to 
So kind of take it over and put a hot dog stand and all this stuff out there. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I didn't have to do good of a time down in Ulu, down at the Ulu factory. It was okay. So I was like, oh, I'm not really, I'm trying to get out of that area and get kind of a little bit more into the touristy area. So that was a funny little connection that this guy had approached me about the bait shack and putting the hot dog stand there and how he was debating on opening it up and all this stuff. And and then years later, come to, come to see what you've done with that place is 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 amazing you did a full revamp yep. of that whole building That's i mean it. it's i mean walk us through that i mean it the, honestly the only thing that if you was to come in there the only thing that's original in there is my counter um oh really yeah i, mm. I took it you know we bought it i bought it and i took two truckloads of stuff that just didn't even belong down there out of there just and then you know we progress into the season and it's kind of getting ready to kick off fishing kind of like man i should really do something in here like it looks kind of hey let's take everything out and hang up white pegboard you know take everything out hang up white pegboard put everything and we gotta have it back in by tomorrow when we open up you know stuff like that yeah <laughs> every year I, it seemed like i had something new uh on the project there used to be these these windows were probably only about like two foot you know, little little dinky submarine windows. And there was one time <laughs> I told my buddy, I said, man, we need some bigger windows. And I, I was getting, I think that's when we had Travel Channel coming down on like a Monday to fish. And this was like a Friday evening. And so let's, let's pull these windows out and put in a six-foot slider. So we took everything out and put it in, got it back, and we were like, well, shoot, let's do the other window, too. <laughs> Take it all back out, you know. Well, all while people are still coming in and fishing, yeah. you know, and trying to get a button back up before we get a film crew down there. And it seemed wow. like every year we was taking on a new project mm. uh, to redo something in there. And it's uh, people come in and are like, man, it looks so good. Did you guys expand in here? It looks bigger. And I'm like, no, it's still the same size, you know, but just cleaning up. And, it, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know the first thing I did down there was was I painted it, Paint, yeah, painted it red. You know, yep. cleaned the paint up. Yep. Really stands out. It, it does, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, and, and you know, and quite honestly, I, I picked the bright red. It kind of ties back into my me being a scout in the army. Those were our colors. Oh, but I was really hoping that the red would kind of mellow, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, oh, it didn't. No, no, no. <laughs> six out like a thong, dude. It, 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 the fishing barn down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 did, it did not. It did not mellow. And uh, I actually just hit it again this last summer. It was due for a refresh, and it's, mm -hmm. hey, it's glowing again. Yeah, yeah. You know. it looks fantastic. Well, oh, so yeah. for people that don't know, um, the bait shack uh, is is right when you cross the bridge, kind of behind the Ulu factory there. And there, and there's there was a restaurant there that's sometimes open, sometimes not. Uh, called the Bridge Restaurant, um, and I think at this point now you are providing a full scale uh, rental of rods and waders and uh, gear. And do you actually even take people out if you want to if they want to learn the river from you? Yeah, we do. Yeah, I've got just everything you said there. All the equipment uh, for rent. I've got state licensed fishing guides down there. Um, you know, I did it. It's just kind of, kind of naturally goes with the business. It's not like I created and say, "Hey, I'm a fishing guide on Ship Creek." You know, but it, it, the the two and two came together. Like people kept coming in. Hey, do you got any any guides? We'd rather just hire a guide. You know, so yeah. 
I saw the need for that. So I, I got a couple, you know, we're all licensed, uh, insured, everything totally legit down there. And it's interesting because where we're at is private property with the railroad. Mm-hmm. So, so it takes some special permitting, you know, to get on there and conduct, you know, in a commercial capacity. And so I got guides, some college kids every year that come back. You know, we, we put people on the water. Uh, we'll fish some other systems in town when, when they open it up. But what we do is kind of, I like to think it's kind of different. And we're, we're showing you how to fish. When, they, when the folks come in, we're not just, you know, saying, hey, let's go catch some kings. Like, we're... We want them to have the confidence that they could come back tomorrow or the next day on their own and replicate it and catch fish. And they do. And, and it doesn't upset us. We're still going to catch our fish, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the beauty about Ship Creek. It's a terminal fishery. So those fish are down there for, for you to harvest, not, not feel bad about. You know, a great place, to, great place to come down there, pluck a king out, go home, throw it on the grill that evening, you know, have a mm-hmm. party. And, uh, and, and I don't think the... The tourists really mind either because they just want to come in, tie into a fish, feel that fight. You know, I get someone from anywhere that comes in, and the biggest fish they caught in their life is a you know a bluegill or or a small smallmouth bass or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they step in there and they catch you know wowzer. Yeah, you know a twenty. One of the best ones is that a guy from North Carolina a couple years ago. He watched his fish for a day. He fi- he fished on his own. He watched the guys. He came, got gear the next day. He watched the guys fish. He he slid down in between someone and cast it out there. He wasn't in the water but ten minutes. Brought back a forty-four pound king oh, salmon. Oh man, wow. hog! And he's like, you know, a guy down the bank's like, oh, I just broke off on that fish. That's why I said, well, <laughs> obviously you're not using peeline, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he brought it up and he's like. I didn't think I'd really catch a fish, but you know what? I'd do it now. And I said, well, take it home with you. Yeah. So, so, you know, we cut it up, we flayed it, vacuum sealed it for him, and he got, you know, take it home. So that, that's kind of the cool thing about Ship Creek. You can catch fish down there and uh, not feel guilty about it. Yeah, that's great. So I, I didn't realize that it was full service like that where you will actually, sh- you're not just renting the equipment and say, good luck, you know, take the money and good luck and bring it back by six. You guys are actually, educating people on what to look for and how to actually have the best chances of, of catching a fish. Yeah, that's right. You know, you come in, you're going to get a block of instruction, you know, maybe 20 minutes. We're, we're going to walk you through everything from how, how to, we'll, we'll cut your bait, show you how to bait the hooks. We'll ha- help you cast if you don't, you know, we get, you know, you see this tackle bag in front of me, like something like this comes with the gear, you know, it's got, oh, a, okay. it's oh. got a tray of, of spinners, and lures in there it's got a tray of bait gear in there you know we show you all of that show you how to hook it up on your rods um you know how to work each each one of those so you, you're really set up you come in and get gear you know we do our best to set you up to go down there and catch fish but the cool thing is it's not just for ship creek so you could come get this gear and you, you could take it to to wherever take it to the rut my gear goes to the russian it goes to the kenai Oh. Uh, it's been over to Valdez. It's been up the, up the Fairbanks. When I used to do fly rods down there, I mean, they went over on, on fly out trips, but we don't do the fly rods anymore because they kept coming back in like five, six pieces. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that'll happen now. That <laughs> you know? yeah. like, well, we know how to anymore. use them. But. So, so, so it really is. It's a full service. The gear 
can go anywhere in the state. Uh, we'll, we'll take care of everything. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll fillet your fish, package it up. We'll help you get it home. Uh, wow. You, you, you kind of name it. Yeah. What's the um, What's the season? What when do you open and and people can start coming down there to rent? And when do you normally uh, close it down? The beginning of May. My I think what it says on my website is it's always the Thursday before Memorial Day. It's mm-hmm. kind of like my my legit opening. You know, I, I kiss my family goodbye for the summer. I, I'll see you <laughs> after Labor Day. You know, kind of deal. You know, because okay. and you guys know what that's like. You know, summertime start fishing, working. You know, if you're not working, you're fishing. Yep. Kind of deal. So kind of kind of true with with us. So, but I back it up usually the mid May. Because I do one thing down there that we've been doing the last several years, and that's the first fish that comes out of Ship Creek. Mm, okay, yeah. So in, any angler, you go down, catch that first fish. All you got to do is just call us, bring it up to the shop. If we're not there, call us. I'll, I'll come down. Um, and that kind of kicks off the season. When, when that happens, you, you know, you get one day, there's five people. The next day, there's eight people the third day someone catches a fish you know the fourth day there's 50 people yeah and then it's like hey it's on yeah. so so yeah. i try to be i try to be ready to go mid-may for when that happens stocked up ready to go i may be kind of cruising around the tides a little bit more mm-hmm. each day oh. but uh, i'm guaranteed my summer hours that thursday before memorial day but once that first fish comes out if it comes out may 20th chances are may 21st it's popping. Yeah, I'm down there, rock and roll. I will tell you, real quick, kind of backtrack. May 19th, since our kids are the same age. May 19th, my my daughter Annabelle was born. Oh wow. <laughs> May 24th, I opened up the bait shack for the first time. Oh, nice. I signed out of the army on June 2nd. Wow. <laughs> wow. So all that, right? Yeah. And then I just, yeah, kind of tried to figure it out that whole summer. You know, I didn't know. Yeah, wow. didn't, didn't know what I was doing. Not the first. You had a thing. lot going on there that year, huh? <laughs> I did, and then my goodness, all day long, still kind of army mentality. Clean my stuff, hang it oh, up yeah. before I go home. <laughs> so that would be like midnight, one a.m. Mm-hmm. Take care of my daughter from one to five a.m. Go right back down to the creek. You know, oh, I man. did that all summer. It's kind of like hard. breaking yeah. an ankle. It's like you know it happened, but you don't really remember it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you you built one hell of a setup down there. I mean, you got a legit brand that you've built with that bait shack. I mean, before it was just a seasonal fishing shack that you got your derby ticket. They weighed your fish. You got your if you're a kid, you got your uh, you know your youth. Uh, maybe you got a daily reward or whatever. I remember back in the '90s, man, it was. It was just a janky little thing. It was cool, but like you've made it a beautiful, legit, you know, place that people can go. And I, and I didn't realize you did the full outfitter. Th- it, basically, you're like an outfitter. It, it, it really is, you yeah. know. And we're, as I always tell folks, you know, I, I want them to fish with me, of course, but mm-hmm. really, I just want you to have a good time fishing in Alaska. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm here. I'll get you what you need. Where where you want to go fish? We got stuff that goes up north, trout rods, so you could trout fish, grayling fish. You tell me what. You know, we'll get you set up, get you lined up, send you on your way. So 
you can have a good time because that's what it's really got to be about is the individual is having a good time in that impression of Alaska. And then, of course, everybody wants to fish while they're up here. Of so mm-hmm. yep. it's, it's been hard to kind of push that out so people know, like, hey, you, you can take this everywhere, you know, yeah. and, and do your thing. So it's pretty fun. So I got a lot of stuff on the Kenai every year, you know. So if yeah. you see someone down there with – some Bay Shack Mark gear, you know, yeah. maybe give them some room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two well, elbow that, lengths. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of the uh, number one places I send tourists as, you know, I'm downtown selling hot dogs and you get all the tourists down there and they're always asking me, what are, we have a day in town, you know, we have eight hours, what should we do? And the number one thing I say is you need to go down to Ship Creek and if anything, watch. Just watch people fishing. And now I, I tell people, you know, the bait shack is down there open. You can go down there in your touristy white New Balances, and and he'll outfit you, <laughs> and you can and try your hand at it, you know. And but I didn't realize that they can actually take it with them, you know, if they rented a motorhome and and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Because you get different uh, levels of of anglers that come up here, and you might get a Florida boy that's big time into it, and and you get the rookies, of course, and. That's it's really good to know. So anyone that's planning on visiting Anchorage and you got yourself a few hours or you got yourself a few weeks, um, leave your stuff at home and come to the bait shack and go ahead and rent you some real Alaska gear to get out yep. there and hopefully catch you something. Yeah, turnkey kit. Yep. Yeah, it really is. It's awesome too, you know, and it's that's what we're here for, you know, help people catch fish, have fun. Yeah, experience it the real way. How many kings get caught down there a year? A lot, a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good amount. The, uh, yeah, that's a, that I, is a bit. It, I don't know, like a real, a real accurate number. I, I could tell you from the 2019 Slam and Salmon Derby. I think we did about 350 fish checked in in one week. In one week, yep. Um, and that's just what we checked in. Right. That's not the ones moving elsewhere. They came up to, I think, roughly. 5,000 pounds total weight, yeah. about 10,000 inches. And, uh, you know, you kind of, you figure, I would estimate probably 1,200 fish yeah. caught, caught down there or so. Yeah. You know, 1,000, 1,500 fish. Yeah. What oh. was the winner in 2019? Uh, was it, it may have been 30, 31, 32 pounds, maybe 30. Because I remember like the day after we we, we had some guys with, 30, we, we caught 32 pounders, so it might have been 30, 31 pounds. Mm. Did that 44 pounder get caught outside the, the derby window? Correct. Ah, bummer. Mm. I remember one year, there was another guy named Tom, and this this must have been 10 years ago. I think it was like a 28 pound fish that won the derby. Oh, yeah. And literally 15 minutes after he did it, he brought up like a 44, 46 pound fish you know after the derby was wow. over holy cow <laughs> and that's the year they were giving away like a a 17 foot boat i think and uh-huh. a, and a, and a oh, trailer and motor right. and all that yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah. i remember you know, that and so we're so it's been fun with that you know we've seen kind of the prizes yeah you know with 2019 what we did is we brought i think it was like an ounce and a quarter gold nugget Ooh. Wow. With, with like a high-end fishing trip as the overall grand prize and then there's three categories, men, women, vet, or men, women, military, first, second, and third place in all those. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then they, you know, I think first place was 
a fishing trip. They got like a 12 foot sit on top kayak, whole bunch of other stuff. And then out of them first place, whoever got the biggest fish got overall. Oh, okay. Mm. So they can, they kind of, you know, scored pretty big. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the way we're looking to do it again this year. Yeah. You know, have the different, different categories. And then the overall, whoever's got the biggest fish. You should do a kids one. Yeah. A kids we, category. We do. We have we have a youth category. Okay. But we just give them kind of give them stuff. I don't a bag we, of candy. No, it, it's a little it's a little <laughs> more it's, a, it's a little more than that. You know, it's usually it's usually like a gift card or something and then um like a couple hours of jump time over at Shockwave. Oh, okay. Oh, know, there so, you go. So, so they yeah. could go burn it. You know, oh, Barry, cool. Barry over there has been a big, big, big supporter down there. And, yeah. and he's about kids and kids fishing. Sweet. And so that, that's kind of tied in nice. But we don't know, like, kids paying money into the to the derby, the gambling mm, kind of, yeah. oh, you, you okay. know, how that how that really gets, you know. And, yeah. and I, I'm a proponent, big, big into kids fishing. Big into kids fishing. So we'll have the, the kids the youth bracket in there. Um but if you if you dig on there a little further, the nineteenth is the the get out and fish youth day on Ship Creek. Oh, they, they specified a day for youth. That's right. Okay. It's, it's the third Saturday in June. So I took that to the board of fish two cycles ago, wrote the proposal to shut down from the bridge restaurant to the upstream side of the C Street Bridge. Okay. So that kind of like that prime real estate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Youth anglers only. Awesome. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I just took it back to the Board of Fish this last cycle and got it extended for the whole day. Oh, yeah. And, and I did that when my daughter was, I think she was four or five, down there fishing, having fun. She's playing with, with the rocks and stuff, and some, some guys, you know, slid in. I said, hey. My daughter's fishing here. And he looked at me and he looked at her and he goes, she's playing in the mud. I'm fishing here. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, you know, like, it really upset me. I wasn't fishing in the bay shack capacity. I was just hanging with my kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So how do I fix this? Yes. What's the solution here? You, you go write the proposal and you submit it to the Board of Fish. I'm going to close this portion of Ship Creek down for kids only so that doesn't happen again. Oh, that's great. So, so don't, uh, a kid that day doesn't get bullied out. Right, right. Yeah. Of that prime real estate. Yeah. And it was awesome because last year, even with the, you know, the, the ramp up of this pandemic, we had like a little four or five-year-old kid catch a 24-pound cromer down there. Wow. You know, <laughs> prime real estate. That yeah. probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know. Oh, if, right. Because it would have been so shoulder to shoulder. That's it. Prime yeah. time. So now, so what, with that, I created that event. That day, right? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So now I got to do something to get the kids down there. Yeah. So we put on kind of like an event on top of the event. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So that, that youth day is in the regulations. So then we do the get out and fish, Ship Creek Youth Day. And what happens now is they start lining up about two hours in advance. <laughs> <laughs> and the, it, it grew from like 100 to... Two years ago, we, we had about 450 kids. Wow. And wow. We, we get some, some, some great sponsors in there. The kids get an option of a, a fishing rod, a fishing hat, or a fishing shirt. And then they get like a little, little bag, drawstring bag 
full of lures, tackle, candy, some other stuff. Yeah. And then we, then we cook up 500 hot dogs, chips, sodas. Oh, man. Hook these kids up, you know, and, yeah. and then they can – they're either getting done fishing or they go fish. Yeah. So, so now they're kind of lining up in advance. So it's pretty cool. So that walkover bridge down there, I feel from one end to the other end with kids all lined up. You know, just trying to get this gear. Yeah. And then we do some golden ticket stuff, give out some, uh, you know, stuff. Mossy's always hooks us up with something nice. There's some other, some great sponsors that hooks us up with, with nice stuff that we'll do, you know, golden ticket stuff. And yeah. we'll, we'll just put them in the bags. And, and it's just, uh, kids are over there eating their hot dogs. And you just say, Yeah, what's you guys? Yeah. 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 go up, you know. <laughs> yeah. So they're coming up to, to, to claim their prizes and that. So so we do that for the kids. That's great. Yeah, do we have the date set for 2021? That's right. It's it's June 19th. June uh, 19th. Yeah, okay. Youth, youth Day, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. And that's it. That's in the regulations. Website. Like, you know, it's – but I feel we got to continue to put something on for the kids. Otherwise, it just loses its value, becomes another day. Eventually, you know, parents, you know, kids stop coming, mm-hmm. adults start moving in on it, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's just kind of like, what is this? You yeah. Know, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Keep so, up the momentum, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, so that date is actually pretty much on the tail end of the Derby. It is. Do we have date set dates for the Derby this year? The 11th through the 19th of June. The 11th through the mm-hmm. 19th. So, so, those, those are the fishable days. So... The actual ending date is the twentieth. We'll have the award ceremony, uh, award all the prizes and everything. Um, so we'll fish to eleven p.m. on the nineteenth, that Saturday. And then before we used to fish from like six a.m. to noon on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then scramble for thirty minutes to kind of like validate everything. Yeah. yeah, and then too much work or to just to have. It, it it is a lot to of work. Scramble, yeah. You know to. To kind of make sure we got the right people in the right places, um, the mystery weights and all that. So we're going to use that morning on the 20th to kind of prep, and then we'll have the award ceremony uh, sometime that afternoon on the 20th. What is a mystery weight? Uh, You know, I just they reach over and I'll say, give you a random number, or I say, oh, okay. hey, g- give me a random number, you know, and you're like, 6.25. And I, I just keep it to my, I write it down. Mm-hmm. Now we put it on the board, we'll cover it. And then that way people catch fish, bring it up. And then we peel that back. And then whoever's closest, closest to it. Yeah. Is that closest without going over? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like that way, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Barker way. And, and, and even with Barker. those, I think we did. Oh, shoot, man. I think they were. Like a sea kayaking experience. Oh yeah, uh, wow. yeah. With, with Miller's Landing oh, and that's great. Um, dinner sure. for two to the to the bridge to the bridge, bridge restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, I mean that's like you know a hundred dollar gift certificate and hundred yeah. fifty dollar seat. You know, for, just for going doing out something fun. Yeah, man, you're just gonna getting do, out and having fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I want to get back on a little bit on the history of the Slam and Salmon Derby because obviously you weren't the one that started it. It's been around for a long time. Is that something that was state run or, or muni run and you took it over? What's the history with that? You know, so it started back, oh, I think 92, 93. It was, uh, this is before my time in Alaska. But it was uh, an organization like the Foster Grandparents. Mm-hmm. Does that ring a bell? 
No. Or the the grandparents fought. It, it was another nonprofit organization mm. that that was kind of, that headed headed up, and, and they did it, and they did it up until I think the early two thousands, and yeah. then. Yeah, there's something weird there, right? Like where Ship Creek was closed like in the 80s and then up until like 91, 92 or something. Is that right? I've heard kind of the same thing. I just remember that day because we grew up king salmon fishing. And some reason, just thinking back, I think that the Derby has something to do with why it got opened and how they funded the fishery. It Anyway, the the first night it had opened in like ten years, we went down and fished. And oh we, wow! We got one at like five in the morning. My job was to clear all the people out of the hole. <laughs> so there's a lot of treble hucks through waders. <laughs> a few leaks. <laughs> and, and then and then from there it went to, I think the downtown partnership. No, the downtown soup, uh, hope soup kitchen mm. hope center. Uh, they they ran it, and then they had some changeover in personnel, which really was some fishermen volunteering down there, kind nice. of put putting this together, mm-hmm. you know, kind of old timers. Yeah, mm. they, they retired, moved on, passed away. Um, then I think we had, I think a transition there in about 2011, with the Hope Center. And that was my first year of opening the bait shack. And they announced, you know, right as I opened, like, hey, we're canceling the derby this year. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell you are? That's part of the deal. But, you know, so so they did. They canceled it. Um, They they got some new folks in there. And I started getting a little more involved uh, in there. And then it kind of progressed to 2019, 18. They, you know, another individual had passed away. And they, they had voted no longer to, to to do anything, you know, no longer host it, you know, essentially washed our hands mm-hmm. of it. So I struck a deal with them, okay. um, you know, take it over. It becomes a, a bait shack, you know. Mm. For me trying to figure out now how to brand this mm-hmm. into, into what I do, you know. So took it 2019, I put it on. And still kind of kept the, the same mission. What I want to do is keep it to where it, it benefits local nonprofits. And mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to get them involved, you know, to come down, have fun. Because that's the one thing that across the spectrum of all of Alaskans, you know, for the most part, that everything that brings us together is outdoors, hunting, and fishing. And you come down, fish, yeah, as I say, cast a line to help others. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it go, goes to support these these other local Alaskan nonprofits. That's perfect. Yeah, I that's that. awesome. Yeah. yeah. We're going to take a second here and uh, give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold damage, post-emergency cleaning, remodeling, and anything else in the aftermath including burst pipes, overflowing toilets, downed trees, fires, pet accidents, and vandalism. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you at any time of the day or night. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Nice. So any uh, nonprofits or anyone that wants to get involved with that, um, they should definitely go to thebaitshack.com, uh, reach out to Dustin, and uh, get involved. 
with that. And if you're looking to uh, get your your kids out there and excited, I know 100% me and my son will be out there on that kid's day because he is pumped to get mm-hmm. out there and, and, and get in the water and do some of that, some of that murky water fishing that that happens there in the <laughs> in the early may that is a unique fishery but you get Ship you get early man. may early may that water's clear is it clear yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it really is because everything's still it's still kind of frozen above yeah us, you don't have the runoff right? yet okay so it, i say may 22nd this year will be the first king you may get your son down there before that i think last year was a nine or a ten year old young lady they got the first one. She gets the first fish gets hooked up with a prize pack that's about four hundred fifty five hundred dollars worth of stuff. Wow! Just wow. for yeah, <laughs> landing that first fish and bringing Sweet. it up. So she got hooked up. Uh, but in May, that water's clear, and then as we progress, the sun gets out, it gets warmer, the water, you know, freezes, come or falls in the daytime. Mm-hmm. You know, it's clear in the morning, but come mid afternoon, it's chocolate milk. Then the morning clear until oh. that until that creek, you know, as I say, blows out. Yeah. All that water gets out. And then once it once it clears up, clears up, you know, it's running gin clear pretty much for the rest of the summer. Yeah. I wonder if we can expand that first fish thing to almost like a Nanana Ice Classic Ooh, deal. That would be oh, so that's cool. a great you know, idea. Where, where yeah. people outside people that aren't even fishing can maybe go in with like a 50-50 raffle or something yeah. like that. It's and, something we're working on. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right, we're getting ahead of the game here. <laughs> I'm liking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's no, awesome. it's it's something you know, and I'm just trying to bring awareness know, and hey, the, the vibe, get people energized mm-hmm. about it, you know, and then, you know, do it for the cause too. But yeah. the cause, you know, for me the real cause is comes back to getting individuals involved in the sport. You know, that's the next generation of, of anglers, outdoors individuals, um, mm. and, it, and it starts there. Getting them, you know, on the creeks and off the streets, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, wait for so, their phones and put your hand on a fishing pole and put your phone in your pocket. And it's literally five minutes. Or the creek. From where yeah. you're at. That too. Yeah. You can ride our bikes there. Yep. So... What, with this youth day, what's the youngest age fisherman you recommend going out there? Fisher person? I don't really put an age on it. Uh, you just got to keep kind of in mind, you know, people call me and be like, hey, I got an 18-month-old. I'm like, yeah. might be kind of hard, you know. Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll probably last about four minutes till they're playing with yeah. the mud and the rocks, yeah. which is fine. That's what, you yeah. know, kids are supposed to do. But it, it's – all of them, just seeing them down there, I think exposing them to it is great. You know, as they kind of progress to get older, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, you know, the people tell me, oh, you know, my, my kid's an avid angler. You know, they'll, they'll sit still. And I'm like, just based off of my experience, and, and I've got a nine-year-old, I mean, you're good for about 30 minutes. Yeah, And, yeah. and then, yep. yeah. then, yeah. It, then it comes the stick, the mud, the rocks. Look, there's the ducks. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. kind of deal. And then when you hit about that 11, 12, I see the span kind of growing with, with the kids. But, I mean, I, I like the two-year-old down there fishing, you know, if they're with their parents. And that's that's what it's about, you know. It's not necessarily catching the fish, just getting out. But three, four, five years old, come down and have a little fun. You yeah. know, I, I try to put this, this kid's day together. You know, I, I'm trying to you know, target the kids through the parents, right? But then the other the other aspect of it is, like, I don't want it to cost anything. Mm. 
Yeah. Like, right. That's a good point. That, that's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you got to pay for your kids to go do. But that's that's kind of one of the stipulations that I put on there. Because I, I have people call like, hey, we'd like to come down and set up our food truck down here during this. And I'm like, okay. For kids day? They're like, yeah. I'm like, can you give can you give it away? And yeah. they're like, well, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't want you to charge. I don't want these that to pay anything to come down there. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's pretty cool because the Department of Fish and Game gets on board and, and they'll come down there and set up and they'll bring some fishing rods. Oh, nice. And, and loan them out for, for the kids to participate. And then if they got overflow and there's they need more, you know, they, they can come over to me and we'll give the kids gear to use yeah. down nice. there. Um, I've gotten, you know, from... The bait company, I, I've gotten eggs donated for, so we even give the kids eggs. Every, everything's in there, you know. It's it meant to be kids. If they want to come fish for five minutes, they, you know, that's fine. They come five minutes and fish, and then, yeah, go go about. And it's kind of the same with the the Jewel Lake Jamboree, kind of ties the same way, right? You can all the baits free, all the equipment's free. It's about coming out, getting the experience, having yeah. fun, Exposure. getting into the sport. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, so the Jewel Lake Jamboree, um, now that was something that Department of Fish and Game was putting on, and, and you've kind of attached yourself to that, or did you take that over as well? It, it's a two-part. Um, so that started with, uh, back in the 80s, that started with a gentleman named Dick Feisinger from the Alaska Sport Fishing Association. And kind of over the years, kind of the same thing. They, they ended up stopped putting it on. It got passed to another organization. They did it for a little while. They stopped putting it on. So then it sat idle. Mm-hmm. And what the department puts on is the, the salmon in the classroom project. Yep. So mm-hmm. that goes all, you know, well, the ice fishing portion goes all week, Monday through Friday. And then the Jewel Lake Jamboree was on Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And because there's already... A hundred holes out there. They're stocking, you know, a thousand extra fish a day in there for the for the elementary kids. So what? Not a better time to have the the jamboree, jamboree that open to the general public on the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, and well, and so that's lake, yeah. yeah. There's extra fish in there. So that's that's kind of what the uh, so it's kind of two separate um, kind of two separate events there. Gotcha. So I got involved. I've been helping the department with the salmon in the classroom out there drilling holes helping with bait and, and, and it's that's been a, a fun rewarding experience and then got the opportunity to take over the the jewel lake jamboree so if i'm gonna do it you know we're gonna do it do it and, all the way yeah. that's it yeah. Yeah. and so we put it on last year 2019 and great you know my my following picked up they came out there. Yeah, uh, we we had we had uh, we had some coffee out there. We had some we had some donuts out there for perch. You know, we that one we we're trying to get food vendors to come set up, make it kind of like a festival. Gotcha. Uh, oh, yeah. But the fishing aspect, rods and bait, that's going to be free. To show yeah. up and yeah, fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, the department came out, handed out ice rods. Um, we're we're working on getting the ice rods for that. About 150 sets. Um, so you can come out and partake in that. We come out, jig a couple times, you know. Yeah. 
and say, hey, you know, I, I, I remember it. I remember one couple came out. They got it. They walked about, I don't know, 15 feet, not, not even to the lake, and the wind was just blowing so hard sideways. They came back, and they said, nah, this ain't for me. <laughs> I want to bring up a little connection with that Jewel Lake Jamboree because I think that that was how my son initially got literally infatuated with fishing. He caught his first fish at that Jamboree. And the funny thing about it was they have all these holes out. You know, you said about 100. Mm-hmm. And, and there's all these kids and they do field trips and, and they're busing kids in to, to do this entire thing. And, and no one is catching. The news is out there. Channel 2 is out there. Channel 11's out there. All these channels out there. And my son catches the one fish that, that happened to be caught. And the news is just like swarms all over him. So he made the Channel 2 news that night. We got pictures of him with his first fish. And after that, it was, it was, it was on. That was the beginning of his fishing infatuation. And it all was because of that event. Wait, was that two years ago? Uh, nope. With, with nope, Miss Stacy's class? Oh, maybe it was with Miss Stacy's class. You might check it. He might have a Bay Shack beanie. He might. Oh. He might. <laughs> <laughs> I was out there, so my kid was in the class. The same. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because your kids right. go to the same school, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So, so I gave all the class, you know, and all the teachers and all the, everyone that was out there, Bay Shack beanie. Mm-hmm. Out nice. there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, that, was, that was it. And we've been going back to Jewel Lake ever since. And that was a really cool uh, yeah. connection. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great that. story. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, and 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 we we have a bunch of the uh, kids' uh, pictures of like first time things that they've done in, oh, in the house. Nice. And it was one that we wanted to put up by the stairs, and he's like, "No, I want that in my room." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's my prize. The picture of him with his little, you know, little ten inch or whatever uh-huh. it was out yeah. there. Yeah. How do you do with the paparazzi? Oh, he's all smiles. He's got his, you know, he's got his his hat and his sunglasses on, and you know the cameras, and we got it recorded and all there. And we'll pull it up here and there. And yeah, awesome. That's what it's all about, right there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Now he's hooked. Oh, now yeah. he's hooked. Yeah. Big now time. we got to get him in the drift boat in August on the Kenai. Yes. Mm-hmm. Get one of those 50, 50 rainbow days out of him. Mm. Yeah, he's excited. He's excited. Um, so I, I look here that you you actually going back. To uh, we'll come back to the kingfishing stuff and the lures and all that, but uh, as we were talking about in the intro there with the ice fishing and and, and our families have all really gotten into it, and I want to say that, you know, when we first started going ice fishing, you know, with the COVID stuff and and it was actually an activity that you could do and be not from not close to people, but you're still outside, open air, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and as we've gone with bigger families and groups and fires, and we bring food and we're cooking out there. Uh, I, what I want to say is, it feels as if you are camping. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a day camp. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a little quick camping trip, outing, get away from the grind. Yep, and even if you're just going to Jewel Lake or DeLong Lake or you're heading out to the valley to one of the lakes out there and you're loading up, uh, you know, the camp stove and bring a little bit of firewood and you're out there with the family and another family and and it just feels as if you're camping. Mm-hmm. It has that, that vibe there where yep. kids can run around and play in the woods and fish if they want to fish and eat some hot dogs if they want and throw some rocks and sticks. And I, I almost feel bad that I didn't start earlier like we could have been having this camping feel for a long time. So anyone that's 
thinking about doing it, I mean, get out there and take the kids on that little ice fishing thing. And is and I know that ADFNG actually rents um, little augers and they'll they'll rent little tip ups and things like that. So so this is all stuff that's fr- absolutely free. You know, if you want to go get test it out and and see if it's your thing, you know, it might not be your thing. You might get out there and take fifteen steps and realize, you know, <laughs> this is not for my feet are cold. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first time you use that hand auger, you'd be like, yeah, I don't know about. Oh this. yeah, <laughs> I guarantee you use that hand auger twice, and then you're gonna go look at the. At the Mako the 10. Mako 10, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I get the 43cc model? <laughs> well, Dustin, so you do you, your bait shack outfitting, uh, guiding uh, presence, does that extend into ice fishing season? I mean, you've got your, your, your salmon fishing, the Ship Creek deal, obviously winter time's long. Ice fishing pretty much starts, what would you guys say, like mid-December till about now, maybe a few weeks later? Early November till, okay. till, so till about now. It, it, it all just depends your comfortability. Yeah. You know, I, I, I look at the ice. If it's six inches, five inches, I'll fish. I'm not necessarily taking people with, but that could be some of the best fishing, you know, there in the first part mm. of November. But you're... The average person getting out exploring, I would say yes, mid mid December uh, is a okay. good time. Time when, to, when time to you, hit that ice. When do you get your clients, or would you call them clients? I mean, your guide in your guide. So it, it does. The, the The season just continues. Um, you okay. know, I, I shut down Ship Creek. I I go to Middle River. Yeah, I, I hang okay. out down there for a little while. Come back, start ice fishing. And uh, it, it continues. I, I do the same thing. You know, I've got guides for, for ice fishing. That's, that's crazy. I, I've been here my entire life, and just the last six months I realized that there's actually guides for ice fishing. I didn't know about that until right now. Nope. I mean, it makes sense, but it, I didn't, it didn't dawn on me either. I mean, it just didn't seem like it could have catapulted me a lot further because I did a lot of learning. I take, take the I take the guesswork out, you, yeah. you know. And right. then, then the other thing, so I got guides. Um, then the other thing I do quite a bit of where I spend a lot of my time is is, is setting people up with ice fishing, kind of like the rental program. Oh, so, okay. okay. So I'll, I'll set you up um, all the gear you need: heaters, rods, tent, auger, underwater camera. Um, wow, and, and gets you gets yeah. you dialed in. I haven't got to the underwater camera yet, but my son already has a couple models. He's the been fish looking at. Got, got, yeah. him pick, got him picked <laughs> out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I get you dialed in like that, and it, it it's been fun. It's a lot of fun. So, you th- think about folks coming up from from Florida, mm-hmm. and we, we take them and set them on the ice like that, and they they literally show up. Everything is up. The heat is on. You know, kind of like that 80s song, the heat song. Oh, yeah. So the heat's on, the rod's in there, the, the camera's on. We, we've got fish on location, so they literally step in there, and they're like, and I'm like, look, see the fish? And they're like, okay. So you can't accuse me that there's not fish here. Now, if you can't <laughs> catch them, I, I can't do nothing about that. <laughs> but there are fish here. So so I do that quite a bit. But then I do, uh, yeah, I run guides. That I run snow machines. So if they want to go snow machine, you know, fish somewhere off a snow machine, we can go do that. Uh, it's kind of really just endless possibilities. But it all comes back to 
how, how much time they have and what they're looking yep. what they're looking to to achieve and I, i'll accommodate that yeah mm. now what's some advice that you might have for new ice fishing uh families on on how to get on the fish do your homework beforehand and what i mean by that if you go onto the department's website and take a look at their their the biometric program they have on there with the, the the database of the lakes and the stocking and that you can kind of see the the lay of the lake where, mm-hmm. where your deep spots are where you know and then get on google earth kind, kind of look at the imagery there you can pick out weed lines hard oh, hard yeah. bottoms stuff like that Sharp points. I'm I'm looking for points, transitions, um, features. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's just stuff stuff like that. You know, the difference is they don't, the fish don't really hold and suspend. You know, they're they're continually moving, but they're on those areas. They're hitting those those weed lines to feed in the morning, to feed at nighttime. They're going to be on those transitions. You know, if we're targeting burbits and stuff like that, we'll start to look for some rockier stuff and, and kind of fish in there. And you could take a lot of the guesswork out just by doing that beforehand to say, hey, I want to go fish this point in about this depth of water. So I know it's over there when I hit that lake, walk straight to it. And then and then it's just a becomes a game of, you know, putting in your grids and finding exactly what you want. But where you catch that fish, chances are that's where you're coming back the next time. Yep. And just get out and explore, find different stuff. That's where the underwater cameras really come in handy. Different ones. I, I use like the small Markham recons. Mm-hmm. You know, I keep that in my pocket. Pop holes. Oh, it comes. There's they're small like that. It's like the size of your phone. Oh, They're okay. A little bit bigger. Yeah. But that way I can get a quick like what it looks like underneath. Lay of the land uh-huh. down That's there. It. So and you're it, not necessarily looking for fish. You're looking at the lay of underwater. I, I'm looking for structure to see okay. like. You know, it could be like, hey, we put the holes here. This is just a straight sandy bottom. But if we go five feet here, now we're getting into some rocks. And then on top of those rocks, there's starting to be some standing weeds. That's where I'd want to be at. That's where those fish are going to be coming through. So I, I would move to that area. Okay. And then once you kind of get it dialed in, the camera's not as necessary. You know, if you're fishing. Because you know where the but the bottom already the, is. The roundabouts. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put in my big camera. Um if we're setting up the tent, I'll put the big camera in there with the panner that you can scan around and see. And But we're kind of in that same area where we need to be at. Now, is the picture that comes up on that screen similar to one that you'd see on a boat that's kind of reading the bottom and the fish moving around, or is it is it a better visual? Uh, on the camera? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just like... Uh, it's a visual image, right? Oh, yeah. it's actually like a camera camera. Yeah, yeah. It's, showing, I mean, it's, it's showing it. It's, it's not a, like, you know what I'm talking about on a boat yeah, where like you're seeing like no, dots no, going sonar. by. No, it's like, uh, I mean, the head's got like a one-inch Sony uh, camera in it. So it transmits. Obviously, it's based off the ambient light mm-hmm. penetrating mm. the ice as the color. But it's a full, you know, when it's up oh. like this, when you look at it, it's it's full oh, full, full color. It looks like I call it the video game. You know, we're in the tent playing games. but. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it so you see it and it's real fish real you know underneath but we do we fish with um a lot of uh, I, I fish hummingbirds so I, I use a lot of underwater the the sonars the helix the ice helix and that and so using that yep, yep. The, the graphs on there uh whether using a the flasher i use mine in the live screen 
Um, so it's kind of like a fish finder. You know, the fish come through. You can you can see them on there. They mark and everything. Yeah. Mm, and that, that, that stuff is good too. But now now you're starting to talk. You know. Really making the really making a sound investment, and yeah. you know, oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're, I mean, we, we know fishing ain't cheap. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no it, I mean, yeah. it, it, entry level it can be, but once you go hard and you get into it, whether it's deep sea ice fishing, river, lake, trolling, whatever, you go thousands deep over time yeah. before you know it. But it doesn't take much to get started. Nope. No, no, no. That, that we don't want to deter anybody. It just. Like you can do the free programs, get started, get going. But if you really want to go, learn and get the gear, the, the, you can get the, full gear junkie. Yeah. The, oh man. The, yeah. the big the things. Level. The big things is a tent, a heater, a couple fishing rods, and an auger of some sort. Mm-hmm. And if you got little kids, an iPad. That's it. Yeah. Oh, That's a good point. Because that iPad, that iPad is going to extend your can, time. Can I add one on the ice? Cup of noodles. There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's all going to extend well, your time on the chocolate. ice. Yeah. 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 Uh, let me tell you, man, the ice house will ruin you. I mean, it's a great thing. Um, growing up here, I didn't ice fish a lot, but I got into it a little bit later in my like early adult years, late teenage years. Somebody's taking me out. And one of the first time I ever went out and was successful was Big Lake. We went out char fishing, and buddy drug me out there. Oh, we're going to go out and catch some fish it was super early in the morning it's like all right i usually do this in the summertime i don't know why we're going out so early in the middle of winter and we go out there and set up and you know we're in there eating breakfast burritos in a heated ice house (laughs) and he's got the fish finder and i'm like what the hell like this is ice fishing like i'm thinking we're gonna be standing here in the cold like you know bouncing in and out of the truck trying to get warm and then and we caught some fish that day, had a great trip, and I was like, well, this is the only way to do it. The buddy heater, well, I mean, I was in there in a hoodie, you know, drinking my coffee, catching fish. I'm like, this is it. I mean, I didn't realize ice fishing was like this. This is fun. Yeah. And you're not in the element the way you thought you were going to be when you went out. No. And from there, I was like, well, fuck, man, I ain't doing it any other way. <laughs> This is it. Like, I'm getting a nice house, a buddy heater, right out of the gate before I go out again. Like, I'm not even doing this any other way. Don't don't go fishing <laughs> Minnesota then. Uh, yeah. You, oh. You'll be spoiled on a different Oh, level. they go next level over that, there. Man. Oh, man. These guys like put water holes with holes in the yeah. bottom out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. We actually uh, spent a night um, mm. out on the uh, out on the ice one night because we, we, I went and bought myself a new ice house and buddy heater and and insulated and i was like i set it up i was like you know i bet i could spend the night out here why am i gonna drive back to town and come back and and me and brandon decided we're gonna give it a whirl and uh we spent the night out there in the ice house and had our cots and the buddy heater and fire outside and man it 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 could have been camping trip dude could have been solstice it felt like (laughs) you know the the cider moses were flowing and And what what else was flowing it was the uh screwball that might have helped too. Oh, that didn't help in the morning. The peanut butter. Ooh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my, oh my gosh. What's yeah. a screwball? It's that peanut butter whiskey. Oh, mm. disgusting. Yeah, I Sorry, mean it was great screwball. then. <laughs> it was great then. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was ready to like. I couldn't stick smell my peanut butter for another month. Yeah. After that. <laughs> so are your tents that you rent then are that those insulated? I got insulated ones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and it kind of depends too. Like, 
The, the insulated ones are nice, but once you once you fire up a buddy heater in there and you, you get a couple of people in there, as long as it's not a you know negative ten, negative twenty out, you know non insulated tents, not really you're not really gonna tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. And you step out, it's gonna be like, oh, that tent was warm. Yeah. You know, except the insulated ones are quite a bit heavier. So I kind of have a nerdy uh, technical ice fishing question. You know. We live in a state that we're good at punching holes in the ground. You know, I think our livelihood depends on it a little bit with these oil wells. You know, and uh, you know, when everyone thought Prudhoe Bay would last twenty years, we change it with horizontal technology. What's going on with like horizontal ice fishing technology? When are we? When are we going to be able to go down and then sideways? Oh, you know what? What fracking style? horizontal drilling style you know have you heard anything in that i mean you look at the the new garmin uh their pan topics is is kind of kind kind of like that you know imagery wise right you know kind of you can point the direction you know as opposed to just a a normal ice fishing cone that gives you like an 18 degree radius on there you know and the fish has to swim in it right that pan you know but I think you're looking. I'm thinking like more like a drone, yeah. a droney type guy that's at the end of your lure that you go down and then it goes sideways. Like a little <laughs> so and so then you know it's like a big radius. <laughs> or it's not yeah. looking to dig a hole. It's going out and finding other fish, you know? So yeah. you don't need that grid anymore. That's like that airplane jig. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ever fish one of those? Paul mm-hmm. Nana gives like a five, like a five foot circle. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. It's got the rooster Ooh. tail on it. Yeah. yeah. Goes down. I think I like that. They That's make a saltwater version of that. Oh, I'm sure, man. They make them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're cool. deadly. They're yeah. deadly for Lakers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the the cod ticket. Oh, the, I bet. the linger ticket. Oh man, or rockfish. Yeah. All day. Get on one of those yeah. tentacles. So let's talk about yeah. Let's see, uh, as, they, you, they, as they you he makes this in a saltwater version that that runs you know like a I don't know a half a pound jig head on it just uh-huh. just a big humongous sculpin jig. Yeah. These, these are. Uh, Let's ask what I what I spend a lot of time on the ice fishing. I fish a lot of micro, like one sixty fourth ounce like nymph bead heads. Right. Mm. Um, on light line, I fish a lot of four pound, six pound lines, so just little stuff. But then I fish like these, and these these are done here in Alaska. His, his name's Keith Garner from Columbia River Tackle, and and he makes these. And these are what I spend most of my time. And he and he does these sculpting jigs. And, he, and just check them out. The uh, uh, really nice lures. It, yeah. They are. They're put together. The 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 material he's using in here. You, you'll notice on a lot of tube jigs, if you fish them a lot in the ice, when they get cold, if you pull on them, the the tails will separate right yeah. there. Oh yeah. The, these won't do that. Uh, it's a different kind of of, of plastics he's got because, in there. Yeah. But then he he custom does these wings on there for that that sculpin mm-hmm. oh and to represent a fin so right. so when that's going down there th- those are fluttering yeah and mm. uh so he's kind of been doing them uh i mean great out there big lake on the char the, yeah the, the burbots love it the lakers are loving it yeah but then he does big ones uh he's got a pretty big saltwater presence really and uh man they'd be knocking big lings with those yeah and, yeah oh i bet they do like just and he, and he makes them like I mean, they're, oh they're, yeah, ooh. that's exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. I think I got some eight-inch ones for lake trout, man, and those 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 fish just whack on them. them. Yeah. yeah. Do you, Do you so, find yourself changing the lure often, or are you pretty much rocking one on this and maybe one on something bigger all day? Or are you? What's the process with that? 
I kind of go back and forth, you know. When I go fish, you know, it's not uncommon for me to bring my rod box, you know. So I may have eight, nine, ten different rods and have, and I just kind of jig, jig, jig. Okay, move on to the next rod. So lures already on each rod, yep. so you're not switching. I said, "What swivel? Let's just no, next try, rod, next rod, next rod." I, I try to prep, but before I go, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. depending where I'm fishing at. Um, kind of prep in accordance what I'm going to be fishing before I head out, mm-hmm. have that kind of set up. And I may run the whole morning like that. And if it's not producing, then I'm sitting there in the tent in the afternoon while we're eating lunch, like cutting, yeah. retying, yeah. seeing Recalibrate what else. Recalibrate the whole situation. That's it. Yeah. And then go into the evening time. Because unfortunately, you get January, February, some of the worst times, kind of my opinion to fish, ice fishing, is that, you know, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah. It just kind of... Yeah. Settles that. off those those fish kind of die down. They're not feeding. Mm-mm. Good time to move, eat, you know, something like that. Change out your gear, take a little nap, you know, get mm. get ready for game time. A little dead time. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Now, where can people find these type of lures from uh, your buddy in Columbia River Tackle? Is there, if if they're not going to rent it from you or have you go out, is there what's the what's the store or a place you recommend that they can find this stuff? I think he's got them over there at B and J's. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. He's got them in there. You know, you can always go online to his website, uh, just order. He's got he's got a pretty big selection, and you can see his whole his whole catalog of what he has there, and, and he's just got some some pretty wild stuff. Um, Three Rivers out in the valley. Yeah, um, those guys yep. out there stocking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's getting them in up to uh, three bears. They're, they're starting to uh, carry them out there, and they're, they're just a good quality product. And is, is he the guy out of Palmer? He is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Keith yeah, Garner. Yeah, yeah. Super good guy. Um, yeah, I've been been doing some work with him for last four, five, six years. Nice. Have you found that the interest in ice fishing has increased, or is is it just me that I just started and now I'm hooked? I think it's a little bit, a little bit of both. You know, I think the sport as a whole has been lacking in Alaska. When you look at other other states that are ice fishing, you know, just compared to the gear we're using, you know, the shelters, the hard stands. As we say, you know, Minnesota, those guys are putting fifty thousand dollar pull behind trailers with a 50-inch flat screen in the in the tailgate package, you know, out there on yeah. the lake, you know, hanging out for the weekend. Watching the ball game while they're fishing. Yeah. I, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just kind of kind of catching up up here. The COVID had a lot to do with it. What I personally hope is that the folks, that they've been introduced to the sport and that they stick with it, that it's just not a one-time, like, hey, that was fun, but – now we're going to get our lives back to normal, so let's get back to doing what we normally do, which you know may not have been fishing. I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope they stay in the sport. And it goes with the open water fishing too, you know, just seeing the the influx of individual salmon fishing, you know, trout fishing, all that really seemed to uplift this this last year. And I, and I think with ice fishing, it's it's been a little bit more because. They're, they're stuck inside during yeah. the winter time. Mm-hmm. They're, they're getting out. Because some of the lakes I've noticed that I would never really see anybody else on. And I strolled out to one, and there was like 13 people, you know, 13 cars. And I'm just like, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's people out you there know. fishing. So I hope it sticks. 
I think it is. I think it's building at any time that uh, I have an opportunity to bring another family or a buddy with their kids and and make it seem as fun as possible and as comfortable as possible and having a couple of those nice amenities such as the tent and the buddy heater and the mm-hmm. and the way to, you know, make a hot dog or a cup of noodle and it's you just get that camping vibe and and if I think if you go out and you experience that one time, you realize, oh, this is actually pretty simple and it's a great Saturday or Sunday Big you know, time. or even even after work type of trip if mm-hmm. you want to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. I, I started bringing my my daughter's kick sled. Oh. So she'll fish, and then she'll go hop on her kick sled. Yes. Then she'll come back and fish, and then she'll go get on her kick sled. Then I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know? She stays busy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I, I found that uh, people are multi-using these uh, mm-hmm. these lakes, and, and that's another thing that I, I told my wife. I've been wanting to get into the fat tire biking, and, and she's not the biggest ice fisher woman, but. I was like, well, we go ice fishing and me and Mateo can be here and you can go ride your bike around or you can ski mm-hmm. around and they got these yep. tracks around the lake yep. and and it doesn't have to be just a one um activity one that activity. you're doing. You yeah. can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah you, whether it's kite flying or, you mm-hmm. know, like just bring it out there like you would camping. You know, you're going out camping to Anchor River or something, you're bringing the kites and the bikes and the and the and the snow machine even on some of these on some of these lakes that allow that and it's just a multi-activity act- mm-hmm. activity. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah, just sitting there looking in the hole. You did, know? did you fish out of Big Lake much this year? We did. We went out there three or four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love fishing out there just because of if you just sit and watch. Oh, there's all like, kinds of stuff going on. Out there running the, the dirt bikes on the ice. They, yeah. they got the, the guys with the, the kites. Uh, Kiteboarding and yeah, stuff like that, all, yep. all that stuff, yep. and you know, and then you got kids over there doing donuts, and yeah, there's, there's just so much fun stuff to sit back and watch, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it, almost as busy in, as in the summertime when you go out there and people are jet skiing, jet skiing around and all that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was, no, it's um, it was hustling and bustling that one weekend we went. There's Iron Dog racers that were training. There was the oh, the, how about the the old boys with the snow machine kits. Like they had the oh, bracket yeah. on the front of their sled with their auger, mm-hmm. like mounted on it, and on the back. So they had like a Skidoo Expedition or like a Players Voyager, like a a big you know utility snow mm-hmm. machine. And there were some of these guys out there that had their auger mounted on the front, and then their gear in the back. And so they're like a mobile ice fishing unit, and they're cruising around in groups. And Dan and I were like. About ten more years, that's us, bud. Right there, just <laughs> when I grow up, that's what uh, I yeah. Want to I was be. like, man, that's what's up. I mean, they're 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 just uh, they didn't have ice houses, and they were obviously like looking to go hit holes, but they had their snowmobiles equipped for their ice fishing gear to hit different spots. Yep. And I mean, those are some hardcore. And that, that's the way I, I keep mine on the back. My mount's on the back, not the front. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't like the idea of. That coming off and oh, like tra- tra- yeah, tra- traveling, weird. traveling up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've been hit a few times, but uh, one one of the the ways to be real productive on Big Lake that I've found, and, and quite a few others too, is just like that. You you, you pop and go uh, fish for mm-hmm. twenty fish for mm-hmm. twenty minutes. If you haven't if you haven't hit fish, you know move. So I, I got my spots out there, kind of the same thing. Hey, this one should be good for a couple fish. You know, and then yep. we move to the next yep. one, mm-hmm. and it just becomes timing in there. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you walk out with, you know, dozen, 
18 fish and you, and you look like a hero. Yeah. Man, you know, I but, wish you could just, have that day. Wow. Just kind of moving around. You know, mm-hmm. you get a mixed bag, get a couple burbot, a couple char, rainbows out there. Mm-hmm. And it's all about just moving around to different spots. And, yeah. and it's easy to make a move and punch a hole. And, and those ice houses collapse yeah. very easy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a quick and just go out another 200 feet or 200 yards. The, the one thing I haven't gotten myself to do is I don't, I don't drive my truck on the ice. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a very you, weird feeling. <laughs> Does it make you I, feel a certain way? Like uh, you just don't? You know, it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I don't know. I, it's ice, right? It's yeah. just yeah. frozen water. Yeah. And, and I recall this one time out on Big Lake, and I, I was driving my buddy's truck, and he's giving me a hard time. Why don't you ever drive your truck? And I said, you know. And we're coming by Burnt, burnt Point, mm-hmm. and there's a soft spot over there, if you know where that spring is, and there's a knob, and there was a Tahoe. Went through the ice and it's sitting on the knob. And I said, That's why I don't drive my truck out here. Yeah. And he yeah. looked and he goes, Fair enough. Yeah. Well, so and I, they run a grader on that lake. They do. You yeah. Know, and it's like, I, I don't know. I just, so I, when I go big lake, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fishing off my snow machines. I, I park them up there at Ohana. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I just zip around there, go to the back lakes, uh, fish back in yeah, there. Yeah. You can go a little further. Yeah. It's yeah. A, little, a little fun, you know, but yeah, yeah I've just never been been yeah. big on driving my truck on the ice yeah well uh we're gonna take a quick uh breather here and give a shout out to uh one of our sponsors uh the treehouse ak uh your one-stop dispensary located at 341 boniface parkway be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because honestly there's always something good on deck and guys listen this is where the culture lives at the treehouse they're dedicated to serving customers consumers um they uh, that are developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords, while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions. You can always depend on them to treat you with respect you deserve. Hit them up at tree, treehouse, thetreehouseak.com. And please remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Right on. Yeah. Uh, I want to come back to the uh, to the summertime kingfishing thing. And I, I, know, you ha- I know you have the, the Slammin' Salmon Derby. And if I remember correctly, there used to be a silver a silver derby. Is that something that maybe you might I – I don't think it's been going on for a little bit. Is that something maybe you're going to get back involved with or debating on that? I think the last time was 2007, and that used to be, I think the IBW was was kind mm. of behind that one, but uh, that's that's a long answer. Short answer is yes, that's coming this August. All right. All right. We, we, nice. You know, okay. the, the, the hard part is just looking, you know, it's, we, we've been wrapping our brains around it for a while, because during the King Derby, the, the creek is only open 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., Mm. But once king season ends, you know, on July 13th, July 14th, that creek goes 24 hours. Oh, I didn't know that. So mm-hmm. what's the what's kind of the parameters on on that silver derby look like? Yeah. Right. And so I, I just we, I think we've made the decision to where, you know, we're, we're going to set the hours mm. on when you can check fish in, weigh them in. If you catch them before or after, like yeah. keep them in the cooler, keep them on a stringer, you know, but yeah. you're only going to be able to. Check fish, and then then it's prize wise. What what becomes advantageous? So we're looking for 
pro- probably more of a cash payout kind of yeah. kind of deal. You know, get everybody. Everybody likes cash. What do you What are you gonna name the Derby? That that's that's still kind of in the works. Oh, okay. You know, okay. like trying to bat a couple. You know, is it like a coho mania? You know, All is right. it a is it a silver bash? Something something that's catchy. Catchy. Yeah. Are we just keeping it on Ship Creek? You know, are we are we taking it to Bird Creek? Would you uh, uh, Would you mind if we put out a little some feelers to our listeners to to name some it. ideas yeah, to go name for it? it? Yeah, we're All into right. naming things. Yeah, so, yeah, All right. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so that's that's going on this year. We're we're having a nice. we're having a derby, uh, a coho derby down there. It's probably going to be short and sweet. Mm. Start on start on like a Friday, say like six p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know Sunday, something something like that. Oh, you know? okay, a short window, not like weeks long or nothing. No, like that. just okay. to kind of get the feet wet to kind of see what it's. What it's oh, about, because it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of a it's a real big task for the Slam and Salmon Derby. Um, yeah, I bet. You know, for me, yeah, I got a couple folks around me that you know help out. We we put this together, and uh, it's a uh, yeah. People don't always realize there's a lot of back end work that it, happens. There is, and it started it started you know a couple months ago, and yeah. then mm. you know my better half said she's got a better idea, so she's you know. I can't mm-hmm. tell her she's holding me up, but she's, <laughs> she's, she's been kind of holding. Oh, she's helping you. Out. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. been, yeah. yeah. she been kind of holding me up, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, so yeah, we're we're excited. Uh, we're excited to do the 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 coho one. Uh, we we got a couple ideas, you know. But it comes back to what what do what do anglers want to see? You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. One of the things that I think we're missing up here is you know we're always going for the trophy fish, which is against like. I think people that are newer to Alaska or a real small percentage of Alaska are all about the trophy. You know, I know you're about the experience. That's what I'm about. I'm about the subsistence, harvesting, showing my kids a good time, my friends a good time, that experience, and then bringing it home, cooking, living off that meat. Um, And so you go biggest silver, biggest king or whatever. Why not like the most fish, you know, so your whole bag limit weighed. That would be super cool. Mm, like bass, isn't that bass fishing style? That's well, how they do it. Right? But you can get three silvers, right? right? Oh, and that's you got to nail all three. Yeah, and, and, and that's then it, that's where I've been at trying to like wrap my brain around how, mm. how to put this on because there's there's that you could do. Is it a combined weight for one day? Is it for all three days? Like there's um. so many different different ways you could. You go could break about it, it down too, like per day overall. Yeah, there per is hour. I mean, you could kind of. <laughs> you see how you can rabbit hole it real quick. You could. Yeah, I think yeah. you gotta almost just like nail it down to one day, like the biggest three you can get in a day. Mm. And that's that's kind of that's kind of where we're going. Like this mm. short, sweet, cash payouts. Um, you know, kind of a deal. Not a lot of, not a lot of, you know, twenty place winners stuff like right, that. Right. You mm-hmm. know, just short and sweet. You know, maybe it is just a one day event. You know, Saturday. Yeah. 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. You yeah. know, ward the next day, but that's kind of the back end stuff. And a lot of you hit it. A lot of folks don't see that. They just think like, oh, it's a derby. You just, yeah, oh, just show up. It just happens. Flip, yeah. flip the light switch, and <laughs> there, there it is. You know, but it's a lot of conversating and pinning people down, talking to them, get them on ball, get them on board. You know, behind what you got going on, uh, connecting with nonprofits, stuff like that. 
to get them involved. Cause that's the other half is you always got to have a nonprofit mm-hmm. attached to these b- because mm. of the gaming aspects and the game of chance right. char- charge of money, you know, so mm. fi- getting them involved in there. And so I get to work with some great nonprofits, you know, to get, get them excited about it. And it, and it ties back to, we all like fish. Yeah, yep. absolutely. There, there's two topics I want to touch on um, really quick. And the first one's dealing with the Derby. Um, do you find, or is there a funny cheater story? <laughs> Someone stuffing a rock in there or something, trying to get a little extra pound in there. Have you? CJ have you... was out there. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there some, a funny story? Maybe you can say, hey, this one guy, this one time, or something you've seen. It, you know, nothing a hundred percent certain that, that I could say. You yeah. know, I, I hear the the hearsay. The, the rumor mill kind of stuff, you know. But if that happens, you know, we ask folks, hey, you got to bring that to our attention immediately, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, you know, it'd just be rumors, you know. Okay. Like, but I, I've heard of stuff, you know, fish being brought from elsewhere, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Prior, prior, prior to our time, um, mm. you know. Because when, 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 well, obviously, when you when you get some, some real stuff on the line, you know, that can – can make people do some some silly stuff, you know, cash, gold, yeah, boats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they used to give away four wheelers down there. Like, you know, you start getting in that. Nothing like you see in the lower forty eight, you know, where they they stuff the fish with weights and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and they, yeah. they, they come to find out. Uh, uh, but that's in the rules, you know. If it comes out, and Alaska's pretty small, I don't think you'd really want to be that that oh, individual that and, guy? In, and, and then in today's society with, with social media oh, and stuff like that oh, that'd like be brutal that's it, you're like you, you may not be able to well you know maybe maybe they wouldn't mind but you you would get blasted pretty quick i would think oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> without yeah. a doubt yeah the the other um topic i wanted to brush on was a lot of people have this idea or this notion um that the fish that are coming into ship creek for some reason aren't as clean or as edible as some of these other rivers. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Or what, what do you say to people that think that one, I'm not a biologist, but I would tell you that they release these fish at, at seven centimeters. so what's that? I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty small, right? Like a fry going out. Yeah. So, so these fish go out into the, into the ocean, you know, the big water and grow from seven centimeters up to, Whatever, forty pounds. I I, I would, uh, I don't know. I mean that to me that fish is being raised the same as say like a wild fish. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're both going out. They're they're in the same open water source, feeding on the same stuff. It's not like the hatcheries releasing a, a twenty five pound king from the hatchery and swimming down. You know where it was in that captive environment its entire life. So I, I don't think there's anything. Health concern wise, or, yeah. or of of those those stock fish, you yeah. know, because they are. I mean, they're just stocking them as as a little guy. They're co- going out to the ocean, coming back two to five years later. Mm-hmm. The uh, the big the big difference is they those hatchery fish kind of bypass the elements of Mother Nature. You know, anglers walking on their beds, survival rate coming up. You know, water's dropping, or maybe water gets too high blows them out or something like that so the the survivability rate you know maybe is a little bit higher than hatchery fish coming out but i I think they're as far as the quality of fish and taste 
I mean, they're going out into the same ocean and, Co- and coming in and, 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 and they've cleaned up down there a lot as far as Ship Creek and homeless camps and, and things like that. So uh, I, I think a lot of people had a concern that maybe there's it's getting trashed up river. And so this might be affecting the fish. Uh, this maybe could have been in the past, but, you know, what's your opinion on that? It, it's it, They're not a resident fish of that system, right? As far as like upstream above the dam. There's there's rainbow trout up there, you know, which is now closed to fishing. Yep. And there there used to be some beautiful beautiful rainbows up there, and there still are, I'm sure. Now those fish, you know, I, I would probably say, you know, maybe that's a little bit different because they're they're living in that water, they're reared in that water, you know, and that's where they spent their life at. But you know, the I don't think anything flowing out of Ship Creek, you know, would would have the. Uh, have an ill effect on the fish in the ocean. Yeah, the pollutant. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it, in the grander scheme of things, you know, anything flowing out into the ocean is, is not good for the fish. Yeah, yeah it's but, such a short stretch of that industrial district, too. You know, you you get up to the base there. And it, it's only a couple miles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's, no, there's then, nothing going in the river pollutant-wise or anything. And then it's clear all the way up past... You know, whatever moose run up into the end of the base. Yeah. And then it's Chugach. I mean, let's be real. Ship Creek isn't like a creek where guys are going and dumping a five gallon bucket of oil in no. in the middle of town somewhere. Uh, that's not that kind of no, drainage. No. Yeah, and, but and, but you hear these comments, and I just want to clarify creek, right? for everyone yeah. out there because it's in a city, and you yeah. might hear the similar things with, right. with Campbell Creek or Chester Creek mm-hmm. and things like that. But and and you get that really, you get that in any. Any sort of urban environment, urban environment, urban, fishery. urban. That's you it. Know, yeah. they're kind of like, oh, it's an urban environment. The fishing can't be good. Yeah, you right. You know, but it's a lie. They're tripping. You, you know, it's it's uh, there, there's nothing wrong with those those fish in that creek down there. And I tell the folks that all the time. Yeah, but then I caveat like I don't eat the fish. And they're like, well, what do you mean? But I, I don't eat fish. But oh, oh the really? Bait, oh no, the bait check <laughs> guy doesn't eat fish. That's, no, no. <laughs> really? No, I'm not a. I'm just no. Let I me. Mean, I'm not a big salmon eater. You know, I, okay. I like rockfish. I like halibut. I, I get that. Um, I get sa- that. Salmon, salmon is just, it's, it's a very strong taste for me. Yeah, uh, a sure. very different. But I, w- I, I would yeah. say it's a gamey fish. Uh, if you could like equate it to like a game meat. Okay. That's good, uh, in huh? my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I like salmon. Now, if you give me 20 ounces of halibut and 20 ounces of salmon. Eat the halibut. I'm probably going to eat the entire 20 ounces of halibut. I'm probably going to eat. 12 ounces of the salmon. I get burned yeah. out on yeah. that. Well, I think that uh, has to go, too, with things that we've been saying with some of the game meat is is, is the preparation, how you're cooking this thing, yes. and the different ways that you can prepare this. Yep. And even some of that fish that maybe has been in the freezer a little too long, mm. you can still go ahead and can that stuff, jar that stuff, mm-hmm. smoke that stuff, and, and not, not waste it, you know, yeah. and really enjoy that. You yeah, know, for, you give me a pint of smoked salmon candy with jalapenos in it i'm crushing it yeah Yeah. like i'm eating the whole thing like so it's a it's it's how it's prepared yeah and that's that's the way i am so Mm -hmm. like smoked salmon like i'll 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 just eat the whole bag i I just i have to give it out because i'll just sit there and i'll just keep eating (laughs) a piece after and 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 it's so you know but i just some reason off the grill or or baked it's just not my yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but i eat my kids every she'll keep one fish and i'll I'll eat that with her and i'll gotcha Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll enjoy it, you know. But yeah, those fish down there—they're—they're they're, they're fine to eat. 
they're, they're oh, healthy. Yeah, they're they healthy. are. They're healthy fish. They, they look good. Um, I, I eat some every year, and I'm still good to go. So yeah. you, you see some of the, the you know, the, the fat content in those guys when they come in, those early season chrome fish, you know, just beautiful, healthy, thick fillets. Yeah. You know, just, just, oh, beautiful. just wonderful fish. Yeah. I think part of the issue with the salmon eating is that, you know, we've been eating it prepared the same way for so long. You yep. know, it's very singular. It's filleted, uh, you know, usually on the grill, maybe oven, maybe maybe baked. But, you know, there's something that you may have marinated it. It might have a rub, but it's it's really singular. And then you start to, like, branch out, like, especially with game meats, and you make, you make moose, you know, enchiladas or tacos or... You know, then you have this roast and you do this other thing and you have so many more options. And over the last few years, I've been looking for more of those salmon options because mm-hmm. I love the taste of salmon. But I, it is getting really old eating the same filet, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, different car- canning <clears throat> strategies, different types of smokes. So you can do two or three different types of smokes. You get the candy, you get like the mid one, and then you have like the soft one that breaks up. Um, like the not fully smoked still holds its moisture. And I think that it would be really cool to reach out to like all the listeners and ask, Hey, what other things are you guys doing? So we can kind of like add all these other cooking techniques to our bucket. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a listener out there. that's going to be like, man, I eat farmed pink salmon out here in <laughs> New Hampshire. Complaining about and these that. assholes are talking shit about this fresh salmon they're sick and tired of. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I'm here so Atlantic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, true. that's our own Alaska first Alaska world spoiled. salmon problems. Alaska spoiled. Yeah, spoiled. <laughs> no, to, to Jack's, you know, statement, it's true. We... We kind of just do the... You know, you catch first right off the Russian. What do you do? Carve a filet off. Sprinkle some seasoning on it. Throw it on the grill. Best salmon you ever eaten. Yeah. Well, six fillets later, you're like, yeah, I'm ready to like <laughs> fry this or Do patty it. Uh, my mother in law does a a patty. So yeah. we could rabbit hole for hours about this. But one thing I wanted to throw out was she does this patty where she crushes up sweet Hawaiian rolls. Oh. Like the little mini rolls. Yeah. Yes. Tears them all up. Breaks them up. Mixes them up with egg, mayo. Daniel loves mayo. And then squishes it down and then fries no, no, it into no, no. this patty. Dustin? Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bet you'd eat a dozen of those bad boys. Yeah, that, that sounds like <laughs> something I would try. Yeah, with some with some, with some with some of my mom's homemade tartar sauce. Forget about it. No. Like, I mean, there are some things, and that's actually, we'll have to put that on the, the wild game recipe. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah. We need and people that don't know, Sunday. at alaskawildproject.com, <laughs> we're putting up game recipes, new recipes from, from bison tenderloin to to salmon salmon, patties. salmon things. Yeah. And, and and actually, my father-in-law, we do a salmon fritter, it's called. Mm. Oh, um, what? A, a, and something that, that we'll put up there as well. And normally that's, that's with things that are kind of on their way out. You know, maybe the salmon that you've had now from right. last year yep, and you're yep, like oh yep. what do we want to do this this mm-hmm. is not as fresh you know what you can salmon fritter that thing and it's it's almost like a crab cake kind of style mm-hmm. just just yeah. amazing so go ahead and go to the website alaskawildproject.com and, and check out some of these recipes that we are putting up and that uh our audience is putting up and we're trying to add a new one every week yep so definitely keep an eye out on that mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, that sounds that sounds probably what you were saying. It's just how it's prepared. Yeah, because this is all sounding good to me now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, you know, I just said I, yeah. I don't like salmon, but I'm like, man, this all sounds real good. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it really does. Like, yeah. comes to how it's prepared. Yeah, you know? and there's I'm you know there's like tons of people out there prepared it a way that you had no idea. You're like, oh, you did that with salmon? Yeah. And you you got to imagine it's probably amazing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I grabbed this bag of greens because we have some spicy greens right here. This just Ooh. got harvested right before I came here. And uh, it has arugula, wasabi arugula, um, spinach, kale, a bunch of different lettuces. But right this right here with some blackened, hal- or blackened sal- salmon, both sides blackened, raw in the middle a little bit after a quick freeze. Chop it up and throw in this. That is something I could get after, you know. Yeah, but and, that and, fillet, and maybe no. the the fillet might not be as as fresh, but you know, local greens, uh, you know, underscore yeah, AK, mix, in that, that mix it in and 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 fresh with a little bit of something that might be, uh, you know, yeah, time to friend her up. That sounds mm-hmm. good. Yeah, let's get yeah. After. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Way Dustin, better. we man, we appreciate you coming in here and, and giving us some some of the hot tips on the ice fishing and what you're doing to to bring families and, and children into the fishing game. And, and, you know, what's the, what's the statement there? You know, you t- teach a boy to, to fish and he can feed himself his whole life and, you know, something like that, unless you don't eat fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, so definitely guys check out the bait shack.com, uh, the slam and salmon derby, the bait shack on Instagram. Um, check for the events, the slam and derby's coming up. I want to say you said it was June, June the 11th. June 11th. Uh, we have the Youth Day on... June the 19th. June 19th. Uh, go out there and take your kids out there for free and, and, and learn to fish and win some prizes. And, and we're definitely looking forward to the uh, the Coho Derby. We're looking for a name for that. If you guys think of a name, go ahead and email us uh, email us or email uh, the Bait Shack and see if we can't get a really cool name for the, uh, the Coho Derby that's coming up. And that'll be... The first silver derby in since two thousand seven, you said. I think it's around there. Yeah, yeah. They, they haven't had a, a silver derby here in Anchorage. Uh, nice. quite a few years. So just trying to so bring be like a bring that back. You know, it's tying back into the creek. You know what we've been doing down there, and I can't say it's just me, but we we've definitely brought some folks down there. You know, mm-hmm. kind of ship creek. You know, a lot of people. You know, turn turn away from Ship Creek. Mm-hmm. But then now there's more people coming to fish Ship Creek. Yeah, because they're seeing it out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we've been trying to build that vibe. And there's some there's a lot of other cool stuff that's going on down there, with uh, e- even going into like Labor Day. You know, it, this this year would be I think the third annual the Great Alaska Duck Race that happens down there. Mm. Um. I just caught wind that there might be a, a foot race down there this this fall. Okay, like, nice. You know, coming mm-hmm. like a Ship Creek one. So mm-hmm. that's all yeah. over the last, you know, several years of what's been going on down there. Yeah, yeah, bringing the love back. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. So definitely go down, go downtown, go down to Ship Creek down there behind the Ulu factory and check out the bright red. You cannot miss it. Nope. Um, the bait shack and 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 let's get the kids out there and let's get the people fishing and and. Dustin is out there providing the goods, providing the knowledge. 
um, providing the cool gear and hats and 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 creek candy. I know that's your little thing there too. <laughs> uh, we'll have to hit on that next time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but we Some appreciate merch. you coming out here and what you're doing for Alaska and for the families and and, and your service to our country and and all that thing. And we really appreciate you, Dustin. Thank you. I thank you guys for having me on. This is awesome. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Dustin. Once Thanks, again, thebaitshack.com, thebaitshack on Instagram. Go ahead and check that out, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. It's thebaitshackak.com. Baitshackak.com. Make sure we get that right. Thebaitshackak.com. That shack life. Yes. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Alaska, thank you to all the sponsors. Thank you to Dustin at The Bait Shack. Much love, and we'll catch you on the next one. For sure. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautious. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? Total Truck Accessory Center. Go check them out at 7700 Homer Drive. They're your one-stop shop for canopies, spray-in bed liners, LED light bars, and more. Total Truck. TheTreehouseAK.com. Located at 341 Boniface Parkway. They're your all-in-one cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bartender today what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. Lawn Pro AK, your year-round professional property maintenance. Cutting lawns, but not cutting quality. Hit them up at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58 handcrafted Alaskan made cider. They also got a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Check them out, doubleshovelcider.com. Anchortown Dogs, located across from the 4th Avenue Theater in front of the historical building. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. Get yourself a legit reindeer dog. Tailored Restoration, helping Alaskans restore their dreams. Voted number one in the state since 1972. Water restoration, fire restoration, remodeling, cleaning, anything that you have to do with your home inside and outside, give those guys a call or check out tailoredrestoration.com.